0: If you want to know step by step how to uncover and extract your story, your unique gifts, but not just this, turn it into a movement and your first $10,000 launch, my friend Chantel Adams shares it all and more on this episode of the Authentic Success Podcast. Do you ever feel like you were made for more and you just don't know what this looks like yet? My name is Jordan Ulrich and I've made it my mission to help people just like you align with your inner genius, lead a fulfilling life on your terms and facilitate true transformation from the inside out. Authentic Success is here to challenge you, inspire you and bring you actionable strategies for stepping into the highest version of yourself from some of the world's greatest minds. You were put here with a unique purpose. It's time that we discover it and bring it to life. This is the Authentic Success Podcast. time freedom, location freedom, passive income, and the ability to turn what you love into what you do with an online course or coaching program, it's not too good to be true. And this was a journey that started for me years ago in which I'm laying you the entire roadmap in the upcoming Thrive Accelerator three-day workshop series. It'd be an honor to see you there. You can go to jordanolrich.com forward slash accelerator to grab a free spot. Hey everybody, and thank you so much. Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Success. My name is Jordan Ulrich, and I have an amazing person to introduce you to today. So Chantel Adams, someone that I am lucky to consider, you know, both as, as a friend and a mentor in many ways, she has such an innate ability to help people extract their story, even if they don't know what it is, combine it with the courage to share it in their own unique way. And when you take these two things, You can compress them into a heart-centered business that transforms both the lives of other people and your own life, because you're going to find yourself unlocking a lot more time, freedom, location, freedom, financial freedom. So Chantel Adams, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me today.
1: I love it. And I love the way you just said that. That was beautiful. So thank you. And you should try
0: to. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the one part that I take real seriously is the intro. <laughs>
1: so good. So good. I'll have to get a snippet of that and put that out somewhere, too. <laughs> well,
0: I know for sure um, that, you know, in business, that we don't just start with this masterpiece. A lot of times it is, they say that our mess can become our message. And a lot of times the reason we feel inclined to do what we do is because we've overcome certain things in our life, or we've discovered certain things in our life. And what's the first thing that you want to do when you discover you have a breakthrough is you want to share it with somebody else. So, I actually don't know the answer to this because I've never asked you, but I would be interested to know what the starting point to this work was for you.
1: Absolutely. So the starting point, I was already doing some speaking here and there, and I actually lost a really dear friend of mine um, to breast cancer, and she wasn't much older than me. She had three boys, just like I did. Um, They were a little bit older, but not a lot. Um, Some were still in high school. And I remember being at her funeral and he got up and one of her sons got up and from the pulpit, he shared some of his stories about his mom. And I remember he said the words, my mom was fighting right up to her final breaths. And he said she wasn't done fighting because she wasn't done living. And there was something in me in those words of this This boy, as you know, tears are streaming down my face and I'm feeling the grief and the loss, but it woke something up in me. And I remember feeling like the wind had gotten knocked out of me. And I just, there was something in that. And I, and I felt the, the words of like, you are alive and, you know, living and breathing, what a gift, but you're not truly living. And I had, you know, all the things, you know, the, the house, the job, the, the kids, the hubby, all those things that you think, you know, you're meant to check off. And I started to just, just kind of go inwards and think, why am I feeling this way? Why did I have that thought? And I saw that, you know what, there's so much potential in my life. And I'm just, okay with okay. And when I looked deeper, I saw that a big culprit of that was fear. And so I started checking off my fear list of like things I was afraid to do, like jumping out of an airplane and all of these things. And I started doing them. And one of those things was I've always wanted to start a business and I wanted to do more speaking. And so there was these elements of things that I was scared to do, but that really were a, hole in my or, you know from my soul to do and so i started taking action and when i look back it was years later when i started to do more storytelling in my business and i i did about 800 speeches in 5 years and i did oh, all of these cool things but when i look back i'm like that was a moment a catalyst moment for me that set me on that trajectory and that was from you know an 18 year old young man sharing his story in a moment of grief and what courage it took for him to stand up there in that circumstance and share his heart. And it was truly this profound moment of reminding me how powerful our words are to impact change and to create transformation in another person's life. And he had no idea the impact that those words had on my life and my journey. And so it just really helped me to see that stories, you know, and the courage to share it is what can really really take people on a completely different journey and that it's it's up to us to have the courage to do so.
0: Yeah and and what you'd said about that like you know living you've all these things that you think you should have right? And it's, it's kind of like you're existing, but you might not really feel alive. Right. And, and I think there is a difference between living and feeling alive. I, I know that Benjamin Franklin said that most people die at 25 and they're not buried until they're 75 or later. Right. So Ooh. it's like, you know, we, yeah, we accumulate like the house and then, and then, you know, house, car, you know, kids, all this stuff. And then a burning question starts to become like, is this it? Like, is this everything? And what you said about words, having the ability to, you know, Tony Robbins always says it like, like language has the ability to pierce the analytical mind and can create these radical changes in someone on different, you know, words, language is such a powerful thing and the way that they're delivered. Do you think that it's important for people to understand that even if they're afraid to share their story, that they're doing somebody somewhere a disservice by they're they're hoarding their own gift right they're hoarding their own story. Um, what would you say to someone that that thinks, well, I've never had anything crazy take place. I'm just a mom or I'm just a dad or I'm just I've just done this and this and this. How what's the process of like extracting somebody's story from them? Like, what's a question you would start with asking them?
1: Absolutely. I love this because that is, there's usually two, two groups of people. When we start to dive into people's stories, the people that say, I don't have a story because you know, no big you know, all near death experiences happened or, you know, nothing crazy has happened in my life. I've just been going along. Um, And for those people, there's these moments where it's like, but what, what has shaped you? And it doesn't have to be one big pivotal moment, but there usually is a moment and it can be something so simple. So remembering that it doesn't have to be the big moments that actually set us on the trajectory that wake us up, that, that have us in these moments of awareness that lead to the catalyst of change. So for, for example, this is taking the other group. The other group is someone who has so many breakdowns that they're like, I don't know how to choose just one. Cause usually I say, we want to focus on a core moment rather than giving a timeline of events. Um, so it's really important to go deep on one core breakdown breakthrough. And so a lot of people are like, but I don't know how to choose just one. So there's these two different camps and I'm going to share a story that kind of highlights both of these. So one of my clients, she came in and and her husband had been diagnosed with cancer, um, was given a very small chance to live. Um, it was stage four, 1% or 2% chance to live. And, um, they were in business together. Their business went bankrupt. They didn't have medical insurance. She was pregnant with their second baby, um, all of these things. And she's like, you know, all of these things are moments, but she's like, I don't know like, it's not resonating. And so as she kept talking, there was a moment where the emotion came And the emotion came and that's a clue. So where we feel the the emotion, that's the, that's a moment for us Mm -hmm. uh, because when we can feel it, others are going to feel it, but also because there is something in that for us to share. And so that, that emotion came, she said she was running around and her two-year-old daughter was playing um, on the floor. And originally she had thought that strong meant that she needed to do everything by herself, that she couldn't show that she was really you know, feeling in a vulnerable place that she was sad, that she was upset. She had to be happy and hold it all together for everybody. Cause if she broke down the whole, everything would fall apart. And she was there busy cleaning up. And the little girl, she said, she looked up at her with her big blue eyes and her little lopsided pigtails and just said, mommy, are you happy? And she said in that moment, so like a simple moment. So she went through all of these big moments of breakdown, like getting the diagnosis, bankruptcy, all of these things, but the actual catalyst moment for her to take her on a different trajectory was her two-year-old daughter asking her a simple question that brought her to tears, had her, you know, falling to the ground, pulling her daughter in and saying, you know what, I'm really, really sad right now. So then her message turned into what is true strength? is being vulnerable, is asking for help, is being able to say, yeah, I'm not okay right now. And knowing and trusting that the world's not going to fall apart if I do get vulnerable. Um, so that that's an example of like, you know, she had these big moments, but the moment that truly brought the emotion that touched her heart was a tender moment with her two-year-old daughter, which was a simple moment. So I, for those people who think they don't have a story, there is definitely people who have touched their lives, a book um, a podcast like yours right here that can have this spark of inspiration that can create change in their life and set them on a different path.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that uh, first off, I mean, a situation like that immediately makes you very grateful for any of the quote unquote problems that you think yeah. are going on at any time. <laughs> um, but really important, what you said was like the breakdown breakthrough moment, right? And a lot of times You know, having been there where you have these moments of like, I'm screwed, like this is not going to work, right? And those are the ones that push you to become the version of yourself that has to overcome that, right? And then, yeah, as soon as we, as soon as you overcome that, then then your first desire is to pull somebody else through it, right? But what you said was that those moments of heightened emotional experience, Right. So there were all the things that led up to that one moment of her being like, whoa, okay, this is where like this is where the floodgates open. This is where it all comes through. Right. Um, What is there to be said about like the power of being, you know, a lot of times like we want to share our biggest wins. It's natural for us to be like, I did this in this quarter and I hit all these goals. But like, what's the power in people creating that level of relatability and authenticity in not just sharing like, yeah, I made a hundred thousand dollars in five days or whatever it was, right. Or became a millionaire by 30 or all these different things. It's like, what's the power in sharing also those moments of extreme pain, suffering, vulnerability, things crumbling down in front of you. Because if somebody listens, you know, to a, a you know, a coach or a teacher or a guru, or whatever it is, and all they talk about are all the wins, they might be like, well, that's nice, you know, but this is where I'm at right now. And I, I need a level of relatability. So like, why is it important for somebody, not just to only focus on the beauty that's taking place, not to take away from that. Right. But, but also like, why is it so powerful for people to share those moments where it's, it's hard. We all have them, right. If they're not inescapable in life, but what is the power behind sharing moments where things weren't majestic and beautiful.
1: Absolutely. And I think, I mean, you hit it when you said relatable, right? People people connect with people that they're like, ah, they get me. They understand what I'm, what I'm navigating. And if it's all these rosy, you know, unicorns and butterflies, they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know if they get where I'm at. I don't know if they can help me. But also I often say that we, we don't tell our stories for ourselves. We tell our stories so that others can see themselves in it. So if we think about the journey that we've walked, I always say storytelling is actually the basis of everything in business. So I used to do um, teaching public speaking and that's where I brought in, I knew storytelling was an integral part of that. But then I was like, wait a minute, Storytelling is your brand, it's your messaging, it's your programs, it's your signature system, it's your the thing that you create, your your whole package, your VIP experiences all come from your story, if you can, if you Mm. do it right. And so that piece of like extracting these moments and knowing that my journey is my one's journey at, at at that deep level. So when I can connect into my own emotions at point B of that journey, of where the majority of the people that I'm gonna reach that are gonna say yes, me up I want to work with you because you get me because you you were where I am and I am now uh, you know seeing myself in the potential of where you are now. So taking them in that journey and I mean the brain does cool things when we when we drop into storytelling and it actually you know when you tell a great story and when you can tap into the emotions it releases dopamine right So people then are like they're remembering that's why we can always remember stories better than facts and data and all the things because it brings that heightened emotion. Yes. An awareness. but, and that's a good story. we got to make sure that we're telling the details that we're bringing in the emotion that we're painting the picture, all of those pieces, but also um, it does something called neural coupling, which is really helping people to access. So the brain obviously has all the, the folder storage is going on here. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to pull out. So when I share a story of, you know, jumping out of an airplane, I I'm invoking an emotion of fear. They're going in The brain is finding a moment that then pairs it couples with what you're expressing. So, so then people are like, Oh my gosh, like, I lived this, even though they didn't have the exact same experience, the brain pulls up a moment in time, a moment in their life that they remember that they can say, ah, I remember that I experienced something similar. Yes, yes, yes. And so there's this immediate connection that is formed where it's undeniable that it's, you know, they're there, they're like resonating so deeply because they see themselves in your story. And so that's the power of not glazing over those moments because the one that you want to help with the journey is at the point A, they are at that moment of pain they are in that breakdown moment and so if we glaze over that they can't see themselves fully in it and therefore they're not going to raise their hand to say take me on this journey so I can get where you are now because Mm -hmm. they do desire that but they have to be able to resonate with it on a deeper level
0: yeah I think that too do you think that um you know in in business as you know one of our most important things we can ever do is to know who we're speaking to Right. It's like market to everybody, market to nobody. Um, yeah. Do you think that it's important if somebody's struggling with being like, yeah, but I don't know who I want to, sp- who's my messaging for Do you think it's important for them to kind of draw up a character or an avatar that is potentially like a younger version of them, right? Anytime when I create any piece of content, yes, it's for as many people as I can get it to, but it's really to like my 27 year old self, right? It's, it's, it's really to my 26 year old self that had had really no idea. Um, on that level of, of relatability and authenticity too, do you come across people sometimes that are like, yeah, this is my story, but nobody's going to find it interesting. And there's no way that I could ever make money from something like this. Like, you know, there, there might be somebody who's like, yeah, but I'm just a stay at home mom. And it's like, well, you're not just a stay at home mom. Cause that's harder than anything, right? That's harder than any job that anybody could ever apply for. Um, How important is it, do you think, for people to remain authentic in their messaging and not, you know, one of my core values is is never teach outside of my own experience, right? How important is it for somebody to to stay within their story and their level of expertise instead of chasing the thing or, you know, making it more glamorous or chasing the, the thing they think is going to make them more money or they think is going to pull them more clients and being like, no, like... No matter what your story is, like, there's incredible power to it, right? But also remaining within, like, remaining within that story and not making it, you know, something other than what it is. Like, how important it is, is it to maintain that level of authenticity when people are sharing, right? When people are sharing the story that they have
1: hundred percent. So there was like my, my brain's going in so many, I'm like, Ooh, I want to share this and this because you're, you're bringing up a lot of incredible points. So first of all is integrity and business. Right. And I love that you said that because I never shared, um, you know, a launch strategy until I had had a 10 K, a 50 K, a hundred K, mm-hmm. a 200 K, and then helped other clients have six figure, seven figure launches. Then I created a course around that. Yeah. Right. So I, I do feel But people can say, oh, well, but then, you know, what do I teach? But there is something that you are amazing at. So I was amazing at speaking you know, it just personally, I could I could pull that out. I can share that. So that was the start of my journey. Then speaking led to creating courses, which then was like, okay, I'm not going to teach how to do this until I have launched several courses, until I've had success with several courses, until I can see the, the, the blueprint, the framework. But one piece of my life experience led to another. And then of course I created a course and now I need to launch it. So that led me to fine tuning and having my own experience with launching. So mm-hmm. having my experience with speaking was started through that life experience, but then it led me to the next level of a skill that I could then master enough to feel like I have something that I can teach and I've lived it. So I think starting where you're at and trusting that the evolution is going to happen through your journey and that you're going to continue to grow and evolve and, and teach more things. There's a lot of people that, for example, were teaching fitness and they built a super successful business, or maybe they wrote a ton of books. And then all of a sudden they pivoted into helping people publish their books or helping people create Mm -hmm. a business. So, so we can evolve and change, but I think it is very important that at our, at that point that we are being in integrity with what we are teaching love that. First of all, the second thing was the, I wanted to bring in something that I often talk about that you said with your, your 27 year old self is that emotional niching. So I call it emotional niching, which is, I know a lot of people get into like demographics and all of these pieces, but for me, when we can really tap into our story, which is what we talked about, when we tap into the emotions, we tap into the breakdown, we tap into the breakthrough, but from a feeling state, from an emotional state, from being able to paint the pictures of what that person is experiencing at that emotional level, then maybe it's an 80 year old's woman, or maybe it's a 19 year old woman, but the emotional state and experience that they're having is similar. Right. So, because I remember I was having a conversation with an 86 year old woman when I was just um, newly married, I was living in in the top of her basement. She was in the basement suite. And I remember um, coming down and she said, can you grab me that picture? And I, at the time I was in, you know, empowerment and helping people to find themselves. And, you know, here I am, it's 20 something, (laughs) but this was a piece of like, I had that in me, but when I walked down, she said, grab that picture. And she pulled out this picture of this little, this little around three or four year old girl. And she had two fistfuls of dirt. And, uh, she said, I don't know where that girl's gone. That's me. And I was like, yeah, you know, here she is 86 years old and wow. we had a beautiful conversation. And so she had lost herself. She was trying to find herself at 86, just like someone who's 20 or 40, who's gone through transitions, who's gone through loss. Like there's so many timeframes in people's life where we can have the core of what we teach impact their lives. So when we come to like an emotional connection, it doesn't have to be a demographic. So that's something that I just wanted to put in there too. But also now I'm like, oh shoot, now the third thing was, what was the other piece that we were talking about? I'm like, there were so many good things I wanted to touch on, but the, the piece there of yes, absolutely coming into that place of we live our experiences. And what I often say is our story is connecting the dots from our life experience to our life's work when we can pull out the lessons, when we can pull out the truths, then yes, that was it. Um, the people who feel like I'm just the stay at home mom. Oh my gosh. Do you know how many people are feeling lost and uncertain? And I'm sure I just had a client that created a beautiful program around this. And it was, it was digging into what do you feel like? Sometimes I just feel like I, I don't want to get out of bed. Sometimes I wish that I could go jump on a plane. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I forget who I am. And yet it's also so beautiful and amazing. And so how do I add more gratitude? How do I add more love? So there's always ways to create something of yes. impact from our life experience.
0: Yeah. No matter how insignificant people think it is, right. It's like, absolutely.
1: Well, and you, I mean, you've shared, you've shared some really cool things of people having success teaching knitting online. And, you know, for me, knitting isn't like my passion, so I'm not going to teach that. And I don't know how to do <laughs> um, but like yeah. someone can take something as simple as that. And you know what? Like when we actually look at the story, I bet that person, because they're so passionate about it, there's probably something connected to maybe there was a time where she was sitting, you know, in the hospital, uh, mm-hmm. or I actually heard about someone who um, was doing something for the kids in in ICU or the little babies that in the you know, in the new newborn ward yeah. um, when they're just preemies and that she was making these hats because of the experience and then, you know, teaching others to do it. And there could be a give back project with it. And, you know, like, or maybe she, she did it because every one of her grandkids, she was able to create this blanket, which added security and warmth and compassion and love. And it was something they could carry with them forever. Right. So then it's about legacy. Then it's about connection. Then it's about giving and service. So it's not just about knitting. Right, so our story creates the depth to something that can seem really simple.
0: Yeah, I think that's so perfect, and and you know, I think that uh, I mean, you know, as well as I know, as well as most people know that the whole industry of like you know, online business and online coaching and all these things. It's like, how many times do you get cold pitched in your direct messages every day? For me, like five times a day. It's like I help these people do this and this and this. It's like. Look at what did they is that where they started right they're like I help people scale to 50k a month it's like well did you get to 50k a month just you know taking some information that you like had you lived the experience first and what you said about drawing on life experience but pivoting right cuz you know what pivoting is like and and for me like a, a pivot the biggest pivot ever was when COVID happened, I mean, I spent 12 years as a professional fly fisherman, right? That's my life. And uh, I started to learn over time. Okay. Started reading a lot of personal development books and really got into like the mind and, and then like really into business and all these things. And then realized that I was very passionate about, you know, not just mindset, but also lifestyle design and all this stuff. And then you know, out of nowhere, somebody came to me and they were like, I see you have an online fishing course. Can you make me an online fishing course? I was like, well, I can help. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I had never intended on anything along those lines, but then, okay. So they have, you know, a great launch, 30 or $40,000 in seven days. Not bad for someone who's used to dragging their boat out and taking people Mm -hmm. fishing every day. Okay. Well then, you know, somebody else comes and they ask you the same question and then you realize that like you almost get pulled in these new directions, right? How important is it for somebody to surrender to the pivoting process, understanding that even if you did something for five or 10 or 15 or 20 years, doesn't mean that there isn't a new path that's unfolding in front of them. And I think that the biggest block and a big block for me was I'm going to have to give up this other thing in order to do anything else. Like if I want to help people with their business, I have to give up fly fishing and it's not, true in any way, right? You can always, that's why I think authenticity and just being yourself, right. Is, is so powerful, but how important is it for somebody to understand that, that they might be on the verge of a pivot and that it's okay. Pivoting doesn't mean shiny objects syndrome where you chase a new career every seven days, but it might mean that like, if people are coming to you for a certain thing, like start to open up to it. Right. And like, what's, what's one piece of advice for somebody that might need to pivot? Like they're either burnt out in their career. They're no longer fulfilled. They know they have more to give. That's kind of where I was like, I know there's more to give, but what's one thing someone can do if they know that it's time for a change to start to kind of open up to like what that might look like for them.
1: Absolutely. Well, I love this because I think that it is important. So I had built um, a very, to my standard successful business, uh, all around speaking, right? So my events, my programs, my brand, everybody knew me as the speaker and the speaker coach, um, and the storyteller. And so I had built this brand, but what started to happen is I had been doing it for six years and I had done lots of different things aspects of it. Right. But so I had been creating a lot of different programs and things to keep my creativity there. Um, and that's not for everyone. Some people can do one program and they're good and they can sell that for years and years and years and no problem. But for me, I needed that fresh perspective, but what started to happen was things started to not work like they normally do. So I used to get like sold out, in an instant like i would put this event out and people would clamor for those spots and it'd be sold out um i would have just every time i would have my group programs full of exactly how many people i wanted like it just worked And it was because I was in such alignment. And then I know that there came a time where things started to shift for me and I started to learn different things. And the content, also, we have to remember that as we are hopefully growing and evolving as humans, (laughs) that's kind of the point, that our businesses need to grow and evolve. And so there came a point where I thought I needed to completely give that up. And I did. And I did a complete pivot, which actually was just before COVID hit. And then, of course events and speaking and retreats and all of that went away anyway. So it was actually kind of interesting timing. And then that's when I started to go into launching and supporting people and launching their programs. Um, And that was really through I needed a pause. So in my personal life, I had had a lot of loss, a lot of um, a lot of change. A lot of things happen that brought me to a place where I just needed to be still with me for a bit. Mm -hmm. I needed to do some inner work. I needed to stop giving, giving, being out in the face of my brand, and I needed to go within and I could support people behind the scenes, but I needed to take a moment. And that moment could be a week. It could be a day. It could be a few hours. It could be a month or a year like me. Um, But there is this opportunity for us to trust that we're going to find the next direction. And I did pivot completely, but you don't always have to. But I think the biggest thing is to be aware of when things start to feel sticky, when Mm -hmm. things start to not flow like they used to, when people aren't aren't raising their hands as quickly as they used to when things are just feeling out of sync or you're just, you're not as lit up or an excited about it. Sometimes we, we just go into a pivot that just helps us to deepen our why, or maybe we add something new to the program, right? So we revise it, we revamp it, we add in our growth. So for me, I started to do a lot more intuitive work. And so I could have gone back and added more intuitive speaking and storytelling into it, right? So I could have revised it. And I'm actually going to do that in the fall is go back to that work after it's been four years, um, almost since I've done that work. And I'm going to revive it, but in a new way from this place of who I am now.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I think that, um, yeah, I mean, the the pivoting, especially what you said about when things start to feel heavy like when they start to feel like they're not flowing in the way that they should be big sign and the longer you ignore that sign the louder those messages are going to (laughs) be until you do something about them the louder they're going to be until they end up something like bankruptcy until finally it's like hey i've been trying to tell you for a year stop working at the car wash right
1: totally because i'm (laughs) closed And I also, I love that so much. And I also like, for me, it was, so I went from like a $500,000 a year in revenue business to the next year when I walked away from it. Now I intentionally like walked away and stopped, you know, pretty much. I had a couple of clients, but it went down to $30,000 the next year and that could freak someone out. So I did go through some questioning of like, You know, was that just lucky? Was that the only thing that I was, you know, so I did Mm -hmm. go through some questioning, but then I got to a place of trust and surrender and, and knowing that what I'm learning right now, again, the life experience leads to the life's work. And so I trusted in that. And I remember I had, even though I had the lowest revenue that year ever in my business, um, I traveled the world for free, so I got speaking gigs all over. I went to Paris, and I was there for a week retreat where we had photo shoots at the Eiffel Tower. I was in New York City, and I went to Broadway shows and all of that, and stayed in this beautiful penthouse. I was able to go to England, um, all over the states. I had a cruise um, that I was speaking on, and I got to bring my kids to Disney World, and then to the cruise, and we held sloths and you know swam with stingrays. So the 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 richness of my life in the moment where my revenue dropped taught me one of the most valuable lessons, which is now some of the the work that I teach, which is about living your luxe life now, not waiting Mm -hmm. for the money to show up and provide it, but that there's so many creative ways that we can create what we desire. And it released the attachment to me having to have a certain level business or a certain revenue amount to be okay. And also it showed me that, yeah, holy cow, like that's a big drop. (laughs) and also I was living the life. I was living the life that actually I wanted from my $500,000 a year business or more, you know, like that I could travel with my kids, that I could travel the world. And then I had that. I had that given in a different capacity, a different way through still my business, but in a different way. Um, So I I just feel like there's something there of just remembering and trusting the pivots come not to be afraid to take a pause, to step back, to reflect, and that- you're going to come back stronger. So then when I came back the first year after coming back, I built a business in a completely different business model and I built it to 250,000 revenue in a year, but then I had um, about 80 to 85% profit. Whereas before I would make 500,000, but I actually paid myself about 90,000 because I had a massive team. All of my events cost so much money. Um, So I was paying out all of this money. So actually my $500,000 revenue, and I think this is something that we need to talk more about because I think a lot of people are not open and vulnerable. They say they have a six figure or seven figure launch. And it's like, but what did it take? What were the costs? What's the actual profit? Because I would rather actually have a lower revenue, higher profit and live a greater life in that sense of um then be attached to a, a certain dollar amount just for the sake of a certain dollar amount
0: yeah and like again total smoke and mirrors when when someone says you know oh you know my business just had its first seven figure month it's like well i really don't care if none of that is cap right like it's like it's not Absolutely. that different. and like what you said about and this is so much of, you know, my whole life philosophy and, and teaching and framework on, on the premise of, you know, what I call authentic success. It's not just a revenue dollar. It's not just a revenue amount, right? Because if you only chase the money, yes, if the money is the most important thing and you kill yourself on the way there, you're not rich. I'm sorry. I mean, you might financially like buy the books, you might be, but you might be spiritually bankrupt, right? And What you said about, you know, I think that we're having such a paradigm shift from the old model is, you know, work really hard, sacrifice, skip your kids' soccer games, you know, develop stomach ulcers, uh, exhaust yourself till you're like 65, and then, you know, use your very limber body to go do the fun things you've always wanted to do. And it's like what what Tim Ferriss classifies as the new rich in his book, The 4-Hour Work Week, right, which had become... Bible for me. It still is. I mean, it's still one of the greatest things I've ever read. And and he said, your your dream life probably costs way less than you think, right? Because the autonomy factor is so much more important than just the dollar amount. Like the dollar amount is not that impressive to me if you're working 80 hours a week and and you hate 79 of them, right? (laughs) Yeah <laughs> exactly. And we chase revenue like it's the it like it's the greatest thing on earth without a having a chance to look at like am i profitable, right? That's that's a big question, but also like what is the life that I want to live? Not just what kind of, you know, not just what's my revenue goal, what's a lifestyle goal that I can have. So Now I know that somebody would be listening to this. Okay. My story. Great. Awesome. But like, I got to make money. Like how, how does this all come together? And I know, you know, that, 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 you know, right. Because you've done it, but why, and I'm a huge proponent online courses, online, you know, online courses, you know, group programs, six month containers, 12 months, whatever it is, like everybody has different things, even my, my first digital product was an ebook for $9.95 in February 2019. Uh, huge fan of anything to do with online courses, but why are online courses such a powerful vehicle for somebody to take their message, turn it into a massive impact, right? That's going to give them a greater level, a greater quality of life and lifestyle, but also make a huge impact for people. They are scalable, but why are online courses such a great vehicle for people to take what's in their heart and turn it into, you know, real dollars and cents that are coming into their life in a way that is soulful, right? In a way that feels energetically very aligned and very, very
1: fun, yeah absolutely so it's so interesting because i'm i'm not about anybody following one format or another and i remember people uh, in my beginning of my journey people saying you need to start with one-on-one programs and then you can do a course and i jumped right into courses i also Mm -hmm. heard a lot of like do the lower price points and i went into a little bit of a higher price point um and i did that because for me an online course. And again, we can do Evergreen. I know I'm stepping into Evergreen with you eventually. And um, that is beautiful. But I, for me, I love community. I love connection. A group program for me was the way that I could have basically a party um, and invite people into my party and uh, get them some beautiful results. And every time I've gathered people, I've had people form business partnerships, you know, host retreats together. Um, create programs together, become business besties, create, you know, and form mastermind circles that have gone for years. I remember one um they met in one of my courses, and then it was five years later, someone messaged me and said, I just wanted you to know that we're still meeting every single week wow, to this day. Amazing. And we met in your course. And so I just think there's something there about for me, one of my values is connection. So so a course brings people together. We learn from each other's stories, we we celebrate each other, we connect with each other and I just I believe so much in growing together so that's a big part of it But I also think that absolutely there's the impact factor. That's why I love speaking as well is we get on a stage and we have hundreds or thousands of people that then we can touch at once rather than, you know, we've heard again, if you're doing one-on-one work or um, if you're doing things, you know, in person, that kind of stuff that just those people are getting it. And often we're saying the same things, we're teaching the same things, we're doing the same things. And so we can package that up and we can bring it to more people all at once. But I also... You know, I, that, that program created so much more. My first online course, I remember I didn't have it created like I had the outline and I launched it. I didn't have a website. I had a hundred people on my list. Um, I had an ugly PayPal button because I didn't know how to do (laughs) that. Like it was on a Google doc. (laughs) Totally, totally. It was just like, you know, and I had 11 people sign up and I was over the moon. I remember my first $250 sale that I was just, I was at a speaking gig. I had just gotten to the hotel. I was literally jumping on the bed before (laughs) going because I had this $250. Somebody paid me for my, my, my something that i created out of nothing and and how fulfilling that is to create a course from your life experience have it be something that is tangible and that you can take people through a process and have them get results and have them you know transform in beautiful ways and you're like oh my gosh i created that out of nothing really except obviously my life experience but like having that Um, but then also it becomes a foundation. So that one course that I think it was like $2,250 or something like that, that I made that first round, that was my beta launch. My first official launch of it, I had a 10K launch um, and I was so excited. And then I went on to launch it again for 25,000. I made 50,000. I had a 100K launch, a 200K launch. But the cool thing is that i mean that created the momentum in my business that one course but it also created uh, other experiences because when i launched that one course people said okay you teach us that we should have our speaker kit and our demo video to get book to speak but if we haven't got booked to speak, how do we get a demo video of us right. speaking? How do you get right. a job without
0: experience?
1: Exactly. Uh, and then I was experience like experience job. <laughs> yeah, so then I was like, ding, 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 ding. Let's create a high-end VIP experience where you fly to me and I do everything for you. So I create the stage, we do the video, we do the photo shoot, we create your one sheet. You know, you have hair and makeup and it became like a girlfriend sleepover slumber party at the most luxurious resort. And it was the most fun I've ever had in my business. But that came out of an online course. So your online course then becomes a foundation of an opportunity to see, ooh, what else can I create? What else can I build? And then from there, other courses came because people were asking the questions. Well, now I'm getting booked to speak. So how do I leverage that? And, oh, well, you should have an online course because when you're speaking on stage, you can bring people into your work further than that just one hour. Um, And so that's where I created the 10K course creation, which I know we were gonna talk about, but that's that piece of like, the power that is in it to create something from your life experience, to touch people's lives on a bigger scale, to bring people together, to connect, to have a transformation, and then to become the foundation of your work as it grows um, is such a gift. And it was the most beautiful revenue um, experience too that I grew with, but it became the foundation of all these other offers.
0: Yeah, and I love what you said about, you know, uh, traditionally, you know, if somebody's going to quote unquote start an online business, their first thoughts are like, I should get some one-on-one clients. I should start with a twenty-five dollar offer. It's like, says who, right? Like, there's no there's no golden rule book that says like, no, you can't have, you know, your. It was a very long time before I ever did one-to-one anything with anyone, right? And and uh, what you said with there is something wildly exhilarating about those first few sales, even if it's like a few hundred bucks. Right. I mean, the, the, the introduction after a long time of just deep diving on like, Hey, what is passive income? What is residual income? How do these things like, how's, you know, at the time I'm like, I'm just a fishing guide. So obviously this way outside of my realm. And I'd come home from a, a, was speaking at a conference in California and I'd come home, you know, probably didn't have very much money at the time, seasonal fishing guide. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'm going to make an ebook and I'm, you know, hacked together. I made it on Microsoft Word and saved that as a PDF. It took me 48 hours. But the first day sold, I think, like around 60 copies at like $10 a piece. And that was like, like you said, jumping on the bed. I mean, $600 in a day to me at the time was like, what? And then and it just keeps progressing and progressing from there. Uh, but when we talk about a 10K launch for anybody that's not familiar, when when we talk about the launch process, really what makes it special is that you're opening up a program that has has it's time sensitive. It has a finite period of time where it's actually going to be accessible. Now we could go way down the rabbit hole with like evergreen funnels and you know stuff like this, flash sales, whatever. We're not going to go there, but but. For somebody to say to make ten thousand dollars in a week seems too good to be true. To make ten thousand dollars in a day seems outlandish, right? And that first ten thousand dollar day is a sweet feeling. Like that's that's that sets the new four minute mile becomes the new benchmark that you reach for every time you launch because you remember just like the feeling of fun that came with that. Um, What are a couple? You know, if somebody's thinking, well, you know, sounds nice for you, but it's not possible for me, like. What would be kind of a, a rebuttal to that inversion where it's like, no, I mean, what are a couple of things people should have in place in terms of pricing? Like I'm a huge proponent, proponent for don't chase more people, just chase the right people that will pay the right price. Right. But what are a couple of simple few things if somebody's going to have their first $10,000 launch that people have to have in place? In order to facilitate that and and to make it i i can't say a guarantee but to make it a very very high likelihood right
1: absolutely so first of all is to have an offer that you know is going to get results that you're mm. so lit up about that you are so excited by that you are, have done it in your way so i'm also someone of like If you don't love the, like me, I love to talk to people, right? So like, are you recording videos? Are you doing it in a different format? Are you doing it? I love short containers. So I want to get people in get people into action and then send them on their way. Some people love like the longer experiences, like a year long, but doing it your way is really important. So if you are not in love with your offer, you're going to resist creating it and putting it out in the world. There's going to be an energetic misalignment. So get really clear that you're creating something you love, that you're so freaking fired up about that. You're like, I wish I had this. This is so freaking good. Um, because then it's going to be that easy energetic experience of, of bringing people in, because they're going to feel that energy from, you. So that feels like the first thing is really get clear on that piece of it. And then the second thing of you set that intention. So it needs to, I believe in, I believe in leaps and I believe there's a belief gap. So the belief gap, when we set a goal, if it is too far out of our uh, awareness of belief, like if we, if it's too big of a reach and we don't actually believe it, even just a little bit, cause I am all about a little bit of a stretch goal, a little bit of a leap goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's so far out there, you will 100% sabotage yourself mm. and you will resist it. You won't show up. You won't ask for it. You will, because there's a couple of things I've, I've seen it um, with a couple of people that I, I was supporting and they would go into sabotage mode. One was maybe that the income goal felt too out there that it was not reachable for them. And so they self-sabotage. The other was holding that big of space right? So if I know that I'm bringing in a hundred people and I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I possibly going to do that? We're not going to bring in a hundred people. We're not or even going to bring major in block. Yeah, we're not even going to bring in the twenty that we actually think we could handle. So I think there's an alignment piece of growing in increments that yes stretch us, but that are not too far out of that believability that we sabotage ourselves. So be right. intentional and in alignment. So again, for me, I went in. I had a two thousand dollar launch with you know ten people at two hundred and fifty dollars. Then when I was like, you know what? it would be really fun to have my first official launch be this $10,000 launch. What I did is I set that intention. It did feel exciting. So does it feel exciting? It wasn't me saying, I'm going to go have a six figure launch now. Cause I would have, I would have not even done it. I would have been, that's that doesn't even make sense for me. But 10,000 was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can, I can do that. I can get behind that. And then I'm all about working the numbers. So I'm not someone who prices really on super emotional concepts. I really am like, believability, yes, but not emotion and my value and all that piece. It's really like, okay, if I want to have a 10,000, this is what I literally did. I was like, if I want to have a $10,000 course, and I did kind of feel like, mm, okay, I priced it at 250. I could probably raise it this time for, to 500. And then I got the number 10,000 divided by 500 was 20 people. 20 people. Yeah. And, but right away I went, cause I only had a hundred, 127 people on my list. And I knew you know, by hearing it's like, mm, you know, maybe 10% conversion, that kind of thing. So I right away was like, oh, 20 feels a little bit high for me right now. And, and because I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I got on my calculator again. I was like, okay, well, what, how many people do I think I could get? I think I could get 15. Cause I had a, you know, that 127, I was like, I can get 15. Sure. And so then 10,000 divided by 15 people gave me, I, I priced it at $697. Nice. Now. Because all of that felt like not too far. 697 wasn't too high, much higher than 500. But the 15 versus 20 felt like such a more doable Mm -hmm. um, amount of people. So I do this every single time. It's like, ooh, that feels like a stretch. What would be a slight shift? What would be a slight pivot? What does that look like? Um, And then I'm like, okay, I got 15 people. I actually ended up with 18. So I I went a little bit over. I think I got 11,000 something. And then the next time was 25,000. And nice. I knew I raised it to nine hundred ninety-seven dollars. I had twenty-five people in. The next time was fifty thousand. I raised it to fourteen ninety-seven, and however many people that is, um, that right. So I had these incremental jumps that were within my grasp of believing, but still a stretch, but also aligned.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I, I'm a huge fan of reaching kind of ten to twenty percent outside your comfort zone, yeah. right? So your first launch doesn't have to be. 250k it might just be $10,000, right? Okay. And and the cool thing is, you know, when you hit something and you celebrate it.
1: Yes. Major dopamine it release, yes. right? I
0: mean, huge huge dopamine release. So if somebody the other thing too that I think someone can do is is they want their first launch to be a 100k launch and then that becomes so big that they never even do the first one, right?
1: Exactly. And
0: I think just like also what you said about have it be, and, and I know that you pay very close attention to what people want versus what you think people will want based on their feedback, right? So uh, when, when people were coming to you saying, hey, I need something to sell from the stage, right? You're like, okay, well, now I need to show them how to have something to sell from the stage rather than, and, and I've seen this time and again where people go, I don't get it. You know, I made this awesome program and nobody's buying. It's like, well, was it awesome to you, right? Or was it what people were like, I need this so bad, I will do anything to have it. And you'll know because people vote with their credit cards, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: The other thing too, is that is that you just kind of crushed the objection that you don't need to have a huge audience mm-hmm. to, to do your first, you have, yeah. I mean, you have a hundred people on your list, launch to that hundred people the first time. Okay. And, and maybe with a small list, do it, don't do it with a $47 offer. Maybe, you know, what if you just got three people to say yes to a $5,000 thing, Mm
1: -hmm. right? I mean,
0: Perfect. And, that's, cool. and that's
1: also the piece too, is like, so there's another factor. If you start to play with the numbers, like I was just saying, and then you're like, well, I actually would need it to be a thousand dollar offer, but it doesn't feel like a thousand dollar offer. Well, then what would make it a thousand dollar offer? Yes. Right. Are yes. you adding in a bonus? Are you adding in some one-on-one time? Does that feel aligned? Because I often, I have loved, because I, I give so much anyways, that I often like to give VIP type pricing because I am i am going to show up and I do want to give deliverables. I want to give you the video. I want to give you the, the, the pampering of the hair and the makeup. I want to include those things. And so I'm going to charge that premium price, but then I only need 12 or 15 people to make 150,000. Right. Ah, So so that's that piece of like, and yes, we have to grow into that. I started even with that VIP experience. It was 3,200 the first time five thousand the next time six thousand up to ten thousand so i always start at a heck yes no brainer offer and this is also something i've kind of trained my audience without even realizing it is that people have told me they will buy every single time i have a beta offer Mm -hmm. because they know it's going to double or triple in price or even more um they know that i'm doing it at a price that's like a heck yes no-brainer because i also believe that when we're creating something brand new let's put it at this super easy yes price point. And that first round, like I did, you know, $250 um, for six weeks with me. And I remember someone that was in there in the first three days, she said, I've already made my money back. And I was kind of like, whoa, but it built my confidence. It got people to fall in love with my work. They became raving fans. They shared it out with their friends without me even having an official partner program. People would share my work all the time. Um, They came back from every single time i launch something new, they would sign up for it because they knew I was going to, if I launched something new, it was coming in at that lower price point and it was going to go up. So it also, uh, you know, I just um, did Lux launching, which is my new program last year. I did one Facebook post and in less than 24 hours, I sold all 25 spots. It was a thousand, eleven dollars And It was, I had not, you know, shared or anything about it. I just said, hey, I've got something new coming out and let me know if you want to know. And then I just did one post. So I did an intrigue post and then the actual offer post and yeah, sold out in 24 hours. But that I truly believe they know, like now it's 2,222 for this next launch. Um, with a VIP upgrade option of nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, so there's that that piece of like there's these two options, but they got in because they know the value I bring, they know the experience they're gonna have with me, but they also know that 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 price point is probably gonna go up. So just a you know to like trust that that's actually building a foundation of bigger and bigger launches to do a smaller or a lower price point at first. Yes,
0: absolutely, and you know being someone that you know, the value of service and you know, the value of giving before you ask, right. And, and you had given so much value to these people that when the time comes for, to collect a payment, it's, they don't even have to, it's a no brainer, right. It's yeah. just like, yes. Right. And, and I think that when, you know, I don't pitch things in every email, nor would I ever do that in every, it's not like, I know when I'm on someone's list, cause they want my money. And I know when I'm on someone's list because they want to make my life better. The people who want to make my life better, I want to pay them. The people that just want my money, I unsubscribe. Totally.
1: Totally.
0: So anyways, I know that you have a a free training coming up. Uh, Where can people find that? I will leave a link in the show notes as well. Uh, But yeah, where can people find you and connect with you?
1: Absolutely. So ChantelAdams.com is my website and then at Chantel Speaks on Instagram. Um, that's the best place probably to come and hang out and say hello and let me know that you found me through Jordan so I can say thank you and uh, connect with you. And also, yes, I have a free training coming up if you're listening to this in time for it. It is uh, starting March 7th to the 11th and that is 10K Course Creation, which is um, usually a paid, paid program. So this is where... One that I created. Um, and it is a five-day format. And it was a five-day format when I run it as a paid program as well, because I believe in momentum. Um, I believe in taking quick action and not getting stuck and overwhelmed when we're creating that Mm -hmm. course or program. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be powerful. We're gonna dive into the foundation of your story, into the offer clarity all of the pieces right up to pricing and then into how to launch the Lux way um, and I know that you do so much um, good work around helping people with their courses as well so I'm excited to see what you're creating and I think it's just beautiful uh, this this is so fun too because I truly believe um, in collaboration not competition and I think it's beautiful that we both have um, ways to support people in these course creations and that um, people can come and learn from me and also from you um, and that That's a beautiful thing. So thank you for letting me share that.
0: I really appreciate it, Chantelle. Thank you so much for being a part of this today.
1: Okay.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Authentic Success Podcast. If you've made it this far, it means you are not a dabbler and that you are someone who's truly committed to making a lasting change. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating, comment, or review as it helps me bring this message to more people that need it. If you want to go a step further, this is an invitation to grab a free copy of my book, Authentic Success, at JordanUlrich.com forward slash success. Keep your energy up, keep moving forward even when it's scary, and I'll see you on the next episode.